Right? I mean, yes, ma'am. Ooh, yes, please. think of Jesus. He said, fear not little flock, for I've given you the kingdom. And I think of the apostle Paul and he said, you know, it, <laughs> he gave us his son. Will he not give us all things? And that's the God we live. This is the God that we serve, the most generous being in the universe. Yeah. Uh, in fact, that is, that's such a, that is one of the primary characteristics of his nature is God is love, which means that everything about him is outward flowing. There's nothing in God that's about God. Everything that in, is in, is, that's in God is about you, is about, the, is about his, his creatures and those that he adores and those that he loves. Now, that's kind of a backward statement because uh, also everything in God is about God. But it's not, but it's in, the, in a completely unselfish way because... God is a community. I don't know if you're aware of this, but the God that we worship is a community. He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God exists as three, and, and, and we kind of think of him as this monolithic reality, but God, God is a community, and God is constantly, Father is constantly loving Son. There's nothing in Father about Father. Everything in Father is about Son and about Holy Spirit. And everything in Son is about Father and Holy Spirit. And everything in Holy Spirit is about Father and Son. Which is why Jesus said, by the way, the Holy Spirit's not going to talk to you about himself. So just be, used, be aware of that. He's going to talk to you about me. He's going to talk to you about the Father. But he's not going to talk to you about himself. Um, and, and Jesus is constantly saying, I'm not, I'm, I'm not here under my own authority. I'm not here to tell my own. I am here to tell you what the Father said. Right, and so that's what that's that's how this works. That's how the king. That's how the father is. That's how the the God exists. God is love. So God is all about everyone other than Himself, except that He's about Son and Holy Spirit. So so He's simultaneously totally about Himself and totally about us. But it's in such a weird and completely different way. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. um, he says, you know me as father, as obedient child, as master, but I want to lift the veil and know you. And in, in Hosea 2.16, God's been bringing me back to that over and over and saying, you will no longer call me master, you will call me husband. Yeah. And, and lifting the veil, and that was all a very <laughs> intense confirmation for me um, on what God's been doing in me through this. So thank you. Amen. Okay, so here's, here's our two verses for today. And really, this is kind of what we did the whole, uh, the whole thing on. And if you want to, I'm, I'm going to be sidelong mentioning other verses, etc. But the Lord has told me, uh, put your notes away. So who knows where we're going to go? Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, he, he, that's, I mean, when, he's, when he just jump starts us with whatever that was. Um, that was good. <laughs> You know, when, when, when you pick up your guitar and all of a sudden the Lord's like, let me play chords for you. <laughs> oh, all right. I don't even know what chords I'm playing right now. What key am I in? Who cares? Um, you know, that was interesting. So, <clears throat> but there was just so many things. I, I literally felt, and I'm still feeling this, the, the heart of the Father is, is, is I, I can, I'm seeing this picture of like the Hoover Dam, okay? But the water is all the way up at the top and it's just sloshing over. And, and it's about to break, and God's going, my heart is so full for you. 
And I'm tired of holding my love for you back. I'm tired of standing in reserve. I'm ready to just, bah, I love you. Like, yes. And so, and so just, yes, Lord. You know, and I think, you know, when we talk about the floodgates of heaven, there's a reason there's floodgates because heaven is flooded with the love of God for the people of the earth. And when God says, I'm going to open the floodgates, it's like, it's, it's like God going, I'm done being bashful about how much I adore you. Is that good news or what? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so this, this verse here says, my sheep will hear my voice. They will know me and, and they will follow me. My sheep know my voice. The reason I'm putting these two verses on the board, I, I did that wrong. It's not 333, it's 33. So if you were looking at the other verse. <laughs> Oops. Okay, so. It's okay, it doesn't exist. Uh, oh, Okay. <laughs> Is 33 verse 3, which says, Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and unsearchable things which you do not know, which is a life verse for me. I see the number 333 everywhere. Like, I just doesn't I'll wake up at 3.30 in the morning, 3.33 in the morning, or I'll be behind a bus and it's bus 333. I see that number constantly, I mean, everywhere. And it's always the Lord saying, uh, Call to me and I will answer you and I will show you great and unsearchable things. And, and sometimes I've really needed that uh, in that particular moment. So that's a life verse for me. But the whole idea, the whole reason I'm putting these two things on the board, and who knows where else we're going to go, but the whole reason I'm putting those two things on the board is because I, I want to cultivate in myself and in you an expectation to hear the voice of God. Amen. That God is a God who speaks. And that's who he is. And he doesn't stop talking. And step, in fact, sometimes I'm like, slow down. Like, <laughs> I can't. Like, that's kind of what was happening up here as I'm, you know, playing. I'm getting picture after picture and thing after thing. And I'm like, how am I supposed to say all of these? You know, just trying to, how do I get all this stuff out? And, and um, yeah, and I, uh, one of the other pictures I had, and I hope this is meaningful to someone because I'm trying, the only reason I didn't share it is because I'm not sure what it's about okay but this this picture was absolutely and it won't go away which probably which means it's the holy spirit um but uh <laughs> i really i mean i'm almost embarrassed to share it but for some, I, I, hopefully somebody like you'll just god's just gonna do something awesome um uh, uh did you ever see willy wonka and the chocolate factory like the original one okay and uh, and I, I kept seeing the picture of the of them all on that boat and they go into that tunnel and that's what i kept seeing was the entering was entering into that tunnel i have no idea what that means so hope maybe as we move forward except that um well i'm not going to go there because i'll take the whole time but i i believe that uh, that movie was prophetic and speaking of uh of the reality of of god uh, I see. <laughs> I'm getting the funniest looks right now. June Wilder? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, this the the idea. I'm just. Gonna, I'll be as super brief as I can about it. Holy Spirit, I'm, you're making me seem like I have total ADD. Can we can we <laughs> slow down? The picture, uh, the the movie is about the creator, the 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 one who creates really good things. And he invites people to come and, and take a tour of my, of, of my work and what I do and come and, come and look and see what I do. And, uh, and he says there's just a couple simple rules that you need to obey as, you, as you're walking through this. But if you will walk through to the end, uh, having obeyed my rules, my, my, my hidden secret goal is that I want to give this work to you. Um, wow. and, 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 every, and what, what I love about it is that every single person that walks through the factory gets it wrong. All of them. They all get it wrong, but the one who responds to the, the knowledge that they got it wrong with repentance, then, this, then that's when the secret plan of the, of, of the creator is revealed that guess what? I brought you here and showed this to you because I, wanted, I want to give this to you. And my, my desire is to teach you my ways so that you, can, uh, so that you can be involved in my work in my way. And that this is his eternal gift to the one. And, and, but the ones, the ones who said, forget your rules, I don't care, I'm not interested in the reward that you're promising. And that they ended up ha leaving and there was a lot of damage in the meantime. But the one who, he, he still broke the rules. 
There was nobody that didn't break the rules, but the one who broke the rules and then repented at the knowledge of breaking the rules. That's the one that received the reward of entering into to the maker's work. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. Didn't know that movie was about Jesus, did you? Okay, so... <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that great? I remember I was, I, was, I was driving to work one day and I was praying about something else. And, and, and one of the songs from uh, the song Pure Imagination, you know, from that movie, came, was, was, was just kept coming into my head. And I'm like, Lord, get that song out of my head. I'm trying to talk to you. And the Lord's like, no, I'm trying to talk to you. <laughs> All right, what? <laughs> and he said, this is the gospel. And then he un- unfolded that whole wow. reality. I was just like, wow. Ooh, I got to go watch it again. <laughs> I don't know who the Oompa Loompas are. Don't ask. <laughs> no idea how that's going to work. Um, <laughs> the angels are little orange people with green hair. <laughs> That'd be that'd be that'd be underwhelming when we get to heaven, right? <laughs> you get to the gates of heaven and they're like, oompa, oompa. No, what's going on, <laughs> Father? Did I end up in the wrong place? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Let's pray. Abba, we do love you, and I, I want—I give the rest of this time to you. Uh, of course, it's all been yours anyway, but Lord, just use it. Lord, speak. Lord, do something beautiful in this room. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I want to walk you through. Uh, I've always been a person of powerful imagination. And, uh, and really, until rather recently, I did not connect the gift of imagination with my walk with God. Um, I didn't understand that the reason I had an imagination was to connect with the Lord, which is why you have an imagination. I don't know if you're aware of that or not. But you, the reason you have an imagination is so that you can begin to allow God, the Holy Spirit, into your imagination so that you can dream about with him about what God wants to do so that you can begin to see things that your human eyes and, and, uh, and, and the kind of world we live in now are veiled. And so that you can encounter God in specific ways. And what I want to do is walk through one of the ways that I've begun to use my imagination in the place of prayer. Can we do that? Mm-hmm. Now, first of all, I want to remind you that according to these two verses and many more, we should, be, we should expect to hear the voice of God. This is our birthright as children of God is to hear the voice of God. But I know a lot of Christians who would say to me, I've never heard the voice of God. I don't know what, the, I don't know what it would be like to hear the voice of God. I don't understand. My, my, uh, my 10-year-old asks me all the time, but how do I hear him, Dad? And I'm like, well, you hear him in your heart. He's like, yeah, but how? And so I began to talk with him about engaging his imagination in the place of prayer in a way that enables us to more clearly hear the voice of God. There's this other thing that's going on as well is that, and, and you can, you can tell me if this is just me or if this is you too. Um, uh, but I, it's probably everybody, but when you begin to pray and you begin to kind of quiet yourself and you want to hear the voice of God, like all this other stuff starts crowding in, oh my gosh. right? All of a sudden, you remember that thing you were supposed to do that you forgot about 10 minutes ago, or you remember, oh, I have to make that phone call or whatever. And I know my dad has taught me, you know, like to write that stuff down, get that off, you know, yeah. get, that, get that off out of your brain. And that's a great method to use. But one of the other ways to cut through the static is to put your brain to work. And this has been really helpful for me because I'm an imaginative person. And I've always had massive imagination. Um, I used to regale people at three and four years old with the stories of the planet which I came from, Planet Triangle, where all of the buildings were triangles and the cars were triangles. Yeah, it was, that was, I don't, you know, I don't know why. I just had, I was an imaginative kid. I still am. And so I've got this overactive imagination, which is one of the reasons why God speaks to me most often in pictures. He steps into my imagination. And he begins to, and, and gives me pictures, which I then have to interpret. 
But this, what we're going to talk about, this, thing, this, this what we're going to call listening prayer, uh, is, is a way of entering prayer with an expectation to hear from God and engaging the imagination to cut through the static of your brain. Ooh, Are you wow. with me? Yes. Okay. Um, it's honestly, uh, and by the way, this is all over the Bible. Yes, ma'am. Could you say that again? Okay. Yeah. What did, I don't remember what I said now. Um, <laughs> listening prayer. Listening prayer is um, entering into prayer with an expectation of hearing the voice of the Lord and engaging the imagination to cut through the static of the brain. You with me? Yeah. Was that okay? Um, and this is something I've really been learning to do in the past couple years. Okay, where somebody kind of, uh, I was I was in a, I'm trying to remember exactly where I was the first time, but they were like, let's let's do a listening exercise, and I was like, what is that? I think I was watching a YouTube video actually, and the, and this teacher that what I was listening to, um, uh, he he said, okay, now uh, we want I want to encounter the Father about this, so let's do a listening exercise. And he had us close our eyes, and he had us begin to engage our imagination. Now, I want to caution you, because there have been people in the past who would tell you, I want you to imagine Jesus, and I want you to whatever. I'm not going to tell you to imagine Jesus. Okay? I have a problem with creating a picture of Jesus in your head. I think that's, that's... But what I want to encourage you to do is to is engage your imagination to build a context and then invite Jesus into that context. And it is amazing how quickly and how vividly he comes into that context. Almost like he invented our imagination. Okay? He will step in. I have no idea what time we're supposed to be done. I should probably pay attention to that. Uh, 11.30. Okay, we have 15 minutes, so we got to hurry. Um. <laughs> well, I, we will end this class by doing a listening exercise together, and you can sit in your listening ex- place for as long as you like, because the Holy Spirit is going to, Jesus is going to say some things to you, I have no doubt. Okay, so, um, uh, but this is, this is the way that this works. I'm just going to be super simple and practical, okay? What we are doing is we are building a place in our mind that we will invite Jesus to come into and speak to us as he will. Okay? Now again, I don't want I'm not a, I don't want you to build Jesus. Jesus is Jesus. We'll let Jesus do what he wants to do. But I want you to build a place. And like I said, the there's a lot of reasons for this. One, if you're imaginative like me, this is you're you do this anyway. Okay? Um, but to, it really help, it engages the brain in such a way that because your brain is at work doing something else, it's not at work throwing all these other things in your path, right? Like filling up the silence with something else. Um, so I'm engaging my brain to create this place. And so what, what we do is super simple. It's absolutely simple. We just create a place Build a place like one of the one of the one of the things that um, uh, one of the listening not, we're going to do a different listening exercise in a minute but, but one of the listening exercises that that I ask people to do is I just ask them a simple question if you could have a face to face meeting with Jesus where would it happen where would it happen if you if you were going to sit down for a conversation with Jesus or maybe walk with Jesus on the beach or walk with him through the woods, or it doesn't matter. You were going to have a face-to-face, one-on-one conversation with Jesus. Where would it take place? Right? And, you, and it, I, it's been so cool. There's been so many different, like, as I have done this with people, some of their ideas are just totally fascinating. Outer space, on the moon, uh, <laughs> on the beach, uh, in the jungle. One person was like, in the closet in my bedroom. I said, well, okay. And, uh, <laughs> In the cha- in the old chapel at uh, at at the Assembly of God campground where I first met Jesus, I want to go back to that. It was an airplane hangar, okay. And in the summertime, it would be eight trillion degrees in there. You could melt lead in those services. 
Um, but uh, <laughs> I was like, I don't know why you want to meet with him there, but whatever. <laughs> Picture that place. Okay, now I want you to begin to build that place in your mind and be specific about the details. Look at the chairs. What does it smell like? What temperature is it? Build, be active about building that place. And when it's perfect, just say, Jesus, will you come and talk to me in this place? And I will tell you, as I have made this a practice of prayer, and I do this almost every day, because this has been so really, really good for me. It's really enabled me to hear the voice of God, but quickly sometimes. In fact, a lot of times, Jesus will interrupt me as I'm building the place to meet with him and say, I don't want to meet you there. Let's go here. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm building this meeting place and Jesus is like, come on. <laughs> that happens. Um, uh, one of the most significant moments that, that I've had in listening prayer, um, I was... Uh, there were some people in, at my church that were uh, just really going through some seriously rough stuff. And I was hurting for them. And it was like, man, Lord. And, and we can, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but we, you can bring people with you. Oh. One of the ways that I pray for people is I will go to my meeting place with Jesus, and then I will, in my heart, I will bring that person in. And say, Jesus, now I want to talk to you. I, I, I want to talk to you about Jesus. I want to talk to you about this guy. Here's, Lord Jesus, what do you want to do for him? What do, you, what do you want to do for him? He's hurting. There's stuff going on in his life. And lately, Jesus has been bringing people with him when he comes. Yeah, I want to talk to you a little bit about you, but I really want to talk to you about them. And the Lord will give me a word for this person in the meeting place where he will show me what he's doing in that person's life. Like, he will begin to... I got a word the other day from one of the guys that, uh, that um, I've trained in doing this. And he said to me, Jesus brought you into the meeting place with me today. I said, really? He said, yes. He sat you down, and then he opened your head and began to rewire your brain. And I was like... <laughs> Really? He said, yeah. He began to rewire your brain, and then he put the top of your head back on, and he set a seal on it so that it could never go back. And I was just like, ooh, I'm going to have to think about that. Like, Jesus, why are you rewiring my brain? The Lord actually did this, and then a couple days later, I was in the meeting place. I was like, talk to me about the rewiring of my brain. And the Lord said, well, there's some stuff in here that needs to come out. And he was pulling tumors out. There was a tumor of fear. He was, this one goes deep. And he just, whoop. It was like this long. He's like, see, this, this is not long. Wow. He was just throwing it. And, and I was like, okay, yes, please continue to rewire. <laughs> yes, ma'am. So do you build a place every time? Or is it like that you go to? I have my favorite places okay. that I've built. But then sometimes I build whole new places. I get bored. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I do. I have my favorite places that I've built. And then and, and I w there's one tree house which sits over the you know the fall foliage and it's kind of, you know, all windows. It's this round building and it's full of like comfy couches and there's a fireplace in the middle and and I really want to build this place in real life. I really, I really do. But it sits over these hills and 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 what, really, wow, yeah. That's that's my that's one of my favorite places. It's it's warm, but you can look out over, and then there's like a balcony around it, so I can go out and kind of feel the wind in my face and stuff. And Jesus meets me there a lot. That's one of my favorite spots. There's I I use memories as well to build places. And one of the places, one of the first times I ever did that was uh, was this. One that I started to tell you about, I, I, was, I was going to meet with Jesus. I wanted to pray for these folks. And I started to go to the treehouse. And Jesus is like, meet me on the beach. And there was this moment a few years ago. Uh, my family, had, we'd been on vacation, and we went out to Anna Maria Island, which is our favorite place to go. And uh, we love it there. It's gorgeous. And uh, we were on the beach. And, uh, and uh, usually, right now, 
um, you know, I have, I have two, my two older sons are 16 and 15. And then I have younger kids which are 10 and 7. And, uh, and once the younger kids go to bed, I will go and take the two older boys and we'll just go walk the beach in the dark. Wow. You know, under the moon and just talk about life. It's, it's really cool. And, uh, and that's become a ritual for us and it's important. And one of the first nights that we ever did that, we go out to the beach and we're looking across and we could see stars over our heads. There was no moon. But on the horizon was this bank of thunderclouds. And there was lightning inside the clouds, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it was this amazing light show. It was just like, whoa. Wow. It was so cool because there was no rain or anything where we were. There was not even any wind. But out just on the horizon was this incredible storm. It was absolutely beautiful. And we just sat there pretty much in silence just staring at this for probably 45 minutes. And Jesus said, meet me there. I want to go there. And so I went there, and I'm standing there on the beach, and I had brought these people with me. And Jesus says, I got this. And he came to each one of those people individually, and he took them by the hand, and he walked them out on the water. Wow. And he would take them out, and then he would come back and take the next person and walk them out on the water, and then come back and take the next person. And he took them all out on the water, and they didn't come back. So he obviously drowned them. Um, but no but he took them out and it was this was Jesus saying saying Josh you don't need to carry them anymore I'm carrying them now I've got them and he took them out onto the water and I was able to release them and then he came to me and he's like are you ready to walk on the water and I was like ha yeah let's do it and so we started he grabs my hand and we're walking out on the water and then he says to me Will you dance with me? Right? Which, you know, kind of, you know, I'm a guy and that was a little weird, but I was like, yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I will. And so we began to dance and he danced me out underneath that storm. And there's waves and there's crashing and there's lightning and whatever. And every time I'd be like, oh my gosh, like whatever. Jesus would be like, ah, ah, right here. Right here. He kept saying that to me. Just keep your eyes focused on my eyes. Don't look anywhere else. And that ministered to me so deeply because he was like, this is where your eyes belong. doesn't matter what else is going on. Right here, my eyes, you need to be looking at me and only at me. And that, that was so important. And there's been so many times when I'm like, Lord, I'm in the middle of the storm, and he's just right here. And that happened in a listening place. It was one of my favorite times that I ever... And, and that's happened so many times where Jesus is, where Jesus steps into what began in my imagination and takes over and takes me a place I was not expecting to go and says to me things I was not expecting to hear. So here's the one we're going to do, okay? And I'm going expl- to tell you about it, and then I'm going to tell you about my first encounter this way. Yes, ma'am? Can you have a blockage? Can you have a blockage in your imagination? Like, you say all this stuff, it sounds so beautiful. And I, I don't, I try it and I just don't see it. <laughs> Can you? Maybe, I don't know. Then you should probably talk to the Lord about it a little bit. But possibly. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm, I've always been an imaginative person. It's not hard for me to, to build these kind of places in. But I would say to you, spend some time lovingly building this place in your imagination. Because the first couple times that I had to do this, I really, I had, because we're not used to focusing like that. Yeah. We don't do that. We're doing five things at once all the time. Mm-hmm. And what this, what this practice has done for me is it has enabled me to really focus and to shut out the other things. And, and I, so I'm building the decorations, and I'm building the places, and I'm changing, rearranging the furniture, and I'm putting logs on the fire, and, you know, anything I can think of. And I'm trying to just fill my mind with the details of this place. And when, when that place is really thoroughly built, I'm saying, Jesus, please meet me here. Meet me here. One of the things, that one of the guys that... Uh, that really taught me about this. Um, he uses this, this is how he evangelizes. He has a ministry to people who are coming off the streets from um, things like 
prostitution and human trafficking and death. And he said, if I start talking to them about Jesus right away, they're going to shut me down. If I start to say something, he said, and they're not interested in hearing what a man has to say about anything. But if I ask them, if you wanted to have a face-to-face conversation with God, where would it happen? They're going to start playing around with me. Oh, what happened in, in a field with a big tree and, you know, whatever. And they start describing this place and he'll say, oh, well, let's do it. Let's, will you do an experiment with me? Let's do that. Let's build that place. And then, and then just say, God, come and talk to me. And the things that he talks about that these people have said. One of the places, this, this is the most, the one that really just, wow. He was sitting with a woman that had been rescued from human trafficking, I mean the day before. She'd been involved in prostitution for years. Okay. And he's sitting with her. She has no relationship with Jesus at all. And he's like, where would you meet Jesus? If you were going to have a conversation with, with Jesus, where would it be? And she says, she named a place or whatever. And then he's like, okay, now invite Jesus to come. And she said, Jesus is taking me somewhere else. And he said, oh, really? He said, yeah. And she started crying. And he said, "Where? what's going on? And she said, he just walked me into the closet where I used to hide from my stepdad. And he's with me. And I'm a little girl again. And Jesus is saying, even then, I loved you I was with you. Okay, Jesus said that to her. This woman has no church background. This woman has a, this is just the Holy Spirit speaking into the life of this broken woman. And all, all it took was an invitation. Fine, just have a conversation with Jesus. And she gave her life to Jesus. Not the Jesus of that church that wouldn't let me come in. Not the Jesus of this man that's, no. That she said yes to the Jesus that met her in the place she used to hide from her abuser. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, one of the exercises that, and this is the one we're going to do together, um, was build the place, and in it, I want you to put a full-length mirror. Okay? And I want you to uh, ask Jesus to breathe on the mirror until it's totally fogged over. And then I want you to ask him to reach up, and I want you to ask him to write with his finger on the mirror the one thing that's keeping you from seeing him. Okay? So let's do that. Let's just take a few minutes. Build this place. Like I said, be conscientious about details. How big is the space? What color are the walls and the floor? What does it smell like? their furniture? Is it inside? Is it outside? What's the temperature? (coughs) Is there art on the wall? Is there music playing? Is it silent? Well, somewhere in the room. you to put a full length mirror.
Now I want you to invite Jesus to come and to fog that mirror over just a big, hot breath on the mirror. Fog it over. And then ask him, Jesus, will you write with your finger in the mirror just one word that helps me understand what keep, is keeping me from seeing you? Okay to tell us. Tell us what what he wrote. Forgiveness. Was that word about the lost, or was it about you? I'm not sure. Let's do that. Whatever the word wrote on the mirror, I want you to begin to ask him to help you understand it. Who is it that you need to forgive? Or is it that you need to receive forgiveness from him? Just begin to ask him. Okay, what do I need to do about this? First, when I, I was outside, I, I love glades in the woods. You know, when you come to a clearing, mm-hmm. and I love the beach. And I realized whenever I invited him in, we were we were sitting at a table. And when you're sitting at a table with someone, you're at arm's length from them. You're not mm-hmm. close to them. Mm-hmm. They're they're across from you. Yeah. So. Mm. There's no reason that you couldn't be in his arms, huh? Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> Respond to him in some way, whatever it is that, that, now I will say to you, the first time that I did this, it took me three days to understand what he wrote in my mirror. So if you don't get a clear understanding right now of what that word means, don't just leave it. If it's confusing, that's okay. If it's confusing, that's fine. You're allowed to be confused. Don't leave that confusion. Say, Holy Spirit, I want to understand what this means. Give me better clarity. It took me three three days because it was Thursday evening and I was at prayer at my church and I did this listening exercise and Jesus wrote the word truth in my mirror. And he said, what on earth is that? Truth is keeping me from seeing you? I, I had no answer at all. It, took, I was, it wasn't until Sunday morning. And I prayed about it those whole three days. It wasn't until Sunday morning that the Lord said to me, the problem is you're pursuing truth when I'm truth. Mm. You're pursuing ideas about me, thoughts about me, but you're not pursuing me. You're wanting to learn about who I am, but you're not (coughs) wanting to learn, you're not wanting to be with me to understand me. And he said to me, Josh, truth has a name and it's Jesus. And that was really meaningful to me. It was like, okay, yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense to where I was at the time. We are out of time. I want you to feel completely welcome to stay here and process. If you have any questions, I'll hang out for a few minutes. But lunch is being served like right now. So thank you. I hope this was good. I, want, I would love to hear from you if you... Uh, it, put this into practice in your own life or maybe you got a word today that you're like 
I have no idea what that means. And sit with it for a little while and continue to move forward, you know, and ask the Lord, okay, what does this word mean? Because I really don't understand it. Um, but use your imagination and begin to do this and build. I've heard such significantly powerful words in these moments. And it's just because this is another way to just really give God a context within which to speak to my busy brain. So, amen. Lord Jesus, speak. You're so good. We love you. Amen. amen. And bless the food. <laughs> This was literally the last one because that's the color scheme I wanted. Yeah, this is the last one that Sweetwater had because Taylor now has gone. They only do natural uh, front. They will not do. They only do natural green. They won't do like that. Mm. So. Uh,
I could have taken it in fast enough, but then we went to something else just that we never call. And I was like, I was like, I just assumed I went through the year. I went through you and five are pretty. I tried to rewrite it into fear and into anxiety and into insecurity, and he was like, no, it's okay, it's fine. And then he wrote, when he rewrote my mirror, it was trust. And I feel like he was trying to tell me, because I always try to see the best in all of my life. Churches, we meet in a gymnasium. It's, I mean, it's our building, but it's a gym, and because uh, we're a community center as well as church, and uh, we don't have a uh, baptism, and so um, it was a few weeks ago, but it was cold outside, and I really felt like we were supposed to do baptisms, and I'm like, well, we can't go to the lake, you know, and uh, I found a an inflatable hot tub. Right. <laughs> for like 250 bucks and so <laughs> right and I was like this is awesome because I can yeah. set it up and then I can tear it down and put it yeah. away until the next time mm-hmm. and it'll heat the water yeah oh that's awesome wow right Very so cool. yeah you plus you know I decided when I put somebody down in there I can turn the bubbles on and be like it's demons everybody pray you know, like, 
but we didn't, we didn't do that. But, but it was, it, I was like, this, this really, this makes sense. So that's what we did. We did it, uh, our first one in our inflatable. That's great. That's awesome. <laughs> it so worked really maybe well. we'll visit your church sometime. How far is it? Well, from Huntington, it'd be a little bit further, but uh, it's about 45 minutes from here. Isn't there outlet mall there? Yes. Yeah, the outlet mall. You know where the outlet mall is? It's where I-69 and 8090, the tour, Mm -hmm. when they cross, that's Green Mall. And we're about a minute and a half off the road. Do you have services just on Sundays, or do you do other days? Right now, it's just on Sundays. We have prayer meetings other than that, but right now, it's just on Sundays. I'm trying to get people, instead of doing a midweek service, I'm trying to get them in small groups. I do. Well, I've, we've got your like thing on here. We could Google it. <laughs> yeah, Fremont yeah. Community Church. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just FremontCommunity.org. Cool. I'm gonna tell you when you mentioned Anna Maria earlier. I'm from Florida. I'm oh yeah. From St. Augustine, but okay. I lived on Anna Maria Island in Holmes Beach for like a year and oh, a half. Wow. Yeah. So when you were telling your story, I could physically you could see the beach. <laughs> picture the beach in my head, which is like such super cool because it's so beautiful. It is there. such it is. a beautiful beach. Yeah. It. We love it there because it's super, it's not touristy at all. There's not crazy tons of stuff going right. on. Right, they've maintained and, uh, the, the little beach-like community that, yes. I mean, most most of the coastline of Florida is just mm-hmm. skyscrapers and yeah. condominiums and yeah. stuff built up now, but Anna Maria has, yeah. they've been able to. They have, there's a law that they're not allowed to build so anything more than three stories They did that in St. Augustine, too, and it's awesome. Yeah. You know, because they're trying to preserve the, the dignity of the town. That's why people come. People don't come to stare out and look at concrete, you know? No. So that's cool. Yeah, we love it. We've gone um, six or eight times. Yeah. Um, I had a, my wife's, my sister-in-law, uh, they lived in Clearwater mm-hmm. for a while, mm-hmm. and, um, which is a ways from any beach. Of yeah. it's, and so we were like, so what beach do you go to? And they said, oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so when we were with them, we were like, hours from Clearwater. Man, we just spent the whole day. It was so great. It was just gorgeous. It is. And we're like, we gotta come back here. So the, the next island guys itself is only nine miles long and eight right. miles wide. And they have a trolley system mm-hmm. that runs on You don't the, even need a car. You don't even need a car. Like yeah. you can literally just hop on the trolley, it'll take you up for free, take you all around the island. There's restaurants, everything's within walking. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's awesome. Very cool. Yeah. We always go out onto one of the piers for sunset and we went this year, the main city pier was closed down. Like yeah. It got destroyed in one of the hurricanes yeah. or something. And uh, and uh, so we went to this other pier further down the beach. And uh, we're standing there, and the sunset was just spectacular. And as the sun touches the water, this guy steps out of the restaurant at the end of the pier with bagpipes. And he played Amazing Grace on the bagpipes. Wow. And we were like... That is awesome. <laughs> what? And he's like, oh, he does that every night. We said, well, we're not going to any other pier now. This That's is so cool. So wow. That's great. Yeah, it was really weird. That's <laughs> we didn't expect it at all. What? Awesome. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Praise the Lord. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. My